This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Two guests this week for one conversation. The topic is how to create a popular sports studio show. And my guests are the two head producers of ESPN's very popular NFL Live Lydell King is the coordinating producer of NFL Live. Mark Iceman is the producer of NFL Live. And on this podcast, we discuss what their roles are, how to create a daily NFL show, how chemistry comes together for the people on air, how viewership plays into their jobs, how they navigate the prospect of people leaving the show. There certainly is a possibility. Dan Orlovsky, one of the people on that show, has mentioned that uh, he has interest perhaps in a job in the NFL, Laura Rutledge, a very popular host as well as sideline reporter at ESPN with a lot of responsibilities there. We also get into the challenge of content during the spring and summer. So for a while, I've been wanting to do a podcast with a successful studio show and how that comes together. And Lydell King and Mark Eisman were excellent. So a conversation with the producers of NFL Live coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, as I said at the top, I'm excited about this episode because I really enjoy when we have people who are behind the scenes at the places that you guys watch and and listen as to sort of like how a, a successful show comes to be. And generally speaking, while certainly like the front-facing talent will always get credit, you don't have good studio shows, you don't have good game broadcasts without great producers behind it. That's just the reality of the business and and will always be. Lydell King is the coordinating producer of NFL Live. He's worked at ESPN for 22 years and has a ton of credits to his name, including multiple NFL studio shows at ESPN. He spent uh, a dozen years at ESPN's Features Unit, which is a factory for crazy talented people at that shop. He returned to NFL Live in 2020 to help spearhead the launch. Mark Eisman is the producer of NFL Live. He has worked as a producer at ESPN for 17 years, including on his long and distinguished resume, Sports Center, the launch of Get Up. And he also returned to NFL Live in 2020 to help spearhead that relaunch. And that will be the subject of this podcast, uh, NFL Live, and, and sort of how one goes about creating a show that people like. And I'm pleased to be joined by Lydell King and Mark Eisman. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right, Lydell, I'm going to start with you. Uh, and then, Mark, same question will be for you. Lydell, as specific as you can for my listeners, can you describe what you do and what your job is? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So in the uh, coordinating producer role, um, I would say my job is to to oversee the daily content of the show, 
um, just sort of from a 30,000 foot view, right? What are the things that we should be talking about? Um, I like to tell our cast members and our staffers that we are uh, beneficiaries of the news, right? So things happening in the NFL, we should be talking about them. And, and that's sort of where we sit, sort of in the comfort of, you know, the news cycle with the NFL. And what we do is we make sure we're talking about the right things appropriately and responsibly, right? Because we all understand in this business, uh, especially when you're playing around with words. <laughs> things can get a little dicey, but it's important for us to treat stories with the proper sensitivity and clair and clarity. Mark, same question for you. Sure. Um, so a lot of our, you know, Lydell and Maya's jobs do cross over. We're making decisions together. What's the news of the day? Uh, I think we're, uh, maybe we differ a little bit as I am in the, the line to line of the show, the line producing of the show. So as we're making decisions, what's going to lead what sound bites we're going to use, what research elements we're going to use. I'm kind of placing them within the conversations, within the setup to the highlights, uh, wherever we're headed. So uh, I'm a little bit more into the weeds of timing the show, what's going to fit, um, who's going to go first in a conversation. Um, and I think Lydell is my backstop on, are we on the right topics? Uh, what should be in this spot of the show? Where are, you know, where are our ratings going to be? Where should we hit some of the stories that we know we're going to have the most eyeballs? So uh, together, we kind of take the the granular and the the macro views and put a stamp on the show and try and, uh, you know, every day put out 60 minutes of TV. Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you for, um, for, and I should let the listeners know, I'm just uh, like everybody else, it seems like in uh, North America, fighting and cold here. So apologies for the coughing in advance. Um you know, one of the things, Mark and Lydell, that uh, has really become apparent to me writing this stuff for as long as I have is that chemistry, on-screen chemistry is forged away from the camera. That doesn't happen in front of the camera. It usually happens in meetings. It happens like during dinners. It happens just people shooting the shit on text or on the phone. Your group in particular has really forged some excellent chemistry. From your opinion, how did that come about? So the timing of the launch of this show was uh, August of 2020. We all started meeting. It really launched September, right as the season started, which is also obviously about six months into the world shutting down. So we couldn't do, hey, let's all go grab dinner or, you know, let's go bowling and get to know each other. So it's actually it's technology. Um, the talent in particular, um, some of them kind of knew each other. Dan and Marcus had worked on shows with Laura at times, but there was no strong bond amongst the five, six, seven of them. Uh, so a lot of the relationship building was done over text mm. and it was inside jokes and people could be real honest about things and go back and forth. And it was a pretty open space. And they brought me into that group um, early on and you could watch it in real time, um, kind of feeling each other out. When can I joke with you? What do I know about you? And then all of a sudden, you start to see it on TV. Um, and as other people rolled in, as Keyshawn rolled in, all of a sudden they're sitting in studio or working on Zooms together and you just see it. There's like, oh, Dan and Key, big brother, little brother. You knew that's going to be the role after a couple shows together. And they kind of start to feel that too. Um, so it, it was not the the old school, let's all sit down at a table. Um, it was a little slower than you probably would like, uh, but uh, they got there. And, and thankfully, now that we've all gotten back together in studio, it's blossomed. Uh, you really do find them off camera, seeking each other out, uh, grabbing lunch, the calf uh, in between all their sports center hits and get up hits in the morning. Uh, and we really lucked out that the pandemic side of it has kind of ended, at least during the regular season. They're together a lot more uh, and we've been the beneficiaries. So Lydell, this is uh, like Mark said, this is a unique set of circumstances, right? Because 
where traditionally you would actually see these people in person to develop chemistry. In this case, it's all done virtually, right? They all had to create whatever the relationship was through a screen, through a phone, through something different. Absolutely. I mean, that's been the way of the world for the last two years, so to speak, two and a half years. And and to Mark's point, you know, a lot of this, you all as viewers and the audience members, whoever it is, got to see it in real time like we did uh, from behind the scenes. Obviously, we had a little bit more access to them with meetings and we're, we're talking through some of the concepts and, and some of the things that we like to discuss in the show. But a lot of it was happening right in front of the cameras. A lot of it was, you know, a, a, a bunch of people just sort of challenging one another in a healthy way, becoming friends and then feeling like, you know, they got a little bit of liberty to, to out each other a little bit, right? Like, like, Hey, wait a second. <laughs> you, you came from this POV, you played this, you know, sort of when you were in the league and, and they, they got to a point where every voice stood on its own, but they allowed each other the space to express themselves freely and to have fun. And, and, and as you sort of see, it's become sort of a tight little knit family. Um, I mean, again, I know Mark threw in some names there, but but if you want to throw in uh, Adam Schefter and Keyshawn Johnson, right, our elder statesmen, so to speak, and they just sort of allow themselves to listen at times to to others that are within the group. And 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 Mina and Marcus, I like to joke with them. You know, we, they, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum when you look at them physically, but they they share a brain when it comes to football and their passion for certain parts of the game and, and and how much they dive in and love certain things about not just the NFL, but football in general. Uh, I, I like to joke sometimes that they're actually the same person. But, um, but I would say this, Richard, when you get a group of alphas together, you have to have a leader from within that can get them all right. And that's Laura for us. Um, Damn. She's sort of the captain of the ship, right? Everything sort of goes through her, but she's so smart about how she does it. She's so, um, I think, welcoming, right? Like she, she's the one person that really allows everybody to 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 have the freedom to be themselves. And when you can get on TV and be yourself, and in, in, in this sort of um, day and age, and have the autonomy to to express yourself the way that we allow them to, sometimes we just step into some magic, man. Lydell, I want to stick with you. Um, people who listen to this, obviously, for the most part, 99% of them will have never worked on a studio show. So can you tell my listeners what happens like at your morning meeting and then what happens at your afternoon meeting? So our morning meeting um, consists of uh, our producers, myself, uh, our junior staffers, people that are contributors to the show uh, from a directorial staff, graphic staff, research um, production assistants and content and associate producers. Um, so, so everyone's sort of up and down the, the, the rankings of the staff, so to speak, are on that early meeting. And, and one thing I would love to sort of acknowledge again, um, Laura is on that morning meeting. That's atypical of, of on air hosts. She's there. And, and, and a lot of times we, we joke that, you know, if we roll credits at the end of the show, she would have a producer credit, <laughs> but that morning meeting is, is just everybody gets a chance to empty the bucket. You know, what 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 was your engagement overnight? You know, what highlights did you watch? What games did you watch yesterday? Did we see any news break? Was it in social media? Um, you know, we all sort of come from different walks of life and have our our, our click points in the morning, right? You have your morning sort of screen time where you're reading things and, and there are things that come out in this meeting that, you know, just push us. It, it pushes us in a way to be like, okay, 
let's share our ideas and, and, and to really see what sticks. And guess what? We come on at four o'clock. I think that gives us a little bit of leeway to be different by that point in the day, right? Because a lot of times some of these stories have matured by that time. But uh, but that morning meeting is, is, is particularly um, an idea generation meeting. And, and and it's one where we allow everyone uh, a chance, like I said, to 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 hear their, you know, let their voice be heard, so to speak. Uh, our afternoon meetings, um, it, it comes in two parts. So after our morning meeting, uh, our producer staff huddles up and, and we eventually have individual calls with all of our analysts. Uh, we go through the run of topics that came up in the morning meeting. We get their takes on them, find out what they're hot about, what they're passionate about and, and what sort of falls flat with them. Uh, and for us, that helps us prioritize what we're really going to get into um, throughout the course of the day and what, what really sticks in the rundown. Um, we, we share those notes amongst ourselves. We get ourselves to a point where in our latter meeting, our afternoon meeting, um, that's the collection of voices. This is, you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a dry run because we, we ask them to, to sort of show some restraint in some of their commentary. But this is where we get our on-air talent together just so they can hear one another uh, we can, as producers, figure out where the redundancies are or where we can, you know, affirm and confirm some some ideas, um, you know, that people may share. And we figure out how to, you know, for lack of a better term, how to really structure and stack our show. And that's where Mark comes in. I think he listens in that meeting and, and, and finds the best ways. Like he said, he's a line by line um, sort of architect of the rundown. And he puts us in these positions where we can sort of watch these conversations mature over the course of three to five minutes and become what they are um, when we hit live television. Mark, I don't know if there's anything to add to, to, to that concept, at least for the afternoon meeting. No, I think that you hit most of it. I think that afternoon meeting, I would like to walk out of there every time being like, all right, I feel good about everything that we're talking about. Uh, and I've got a sense of who should have the first comment, right? Like we know what the topic is. I've, I kind of got a sense of what Dan and Marcus and Mina might be saying on today's show. Who should get the leadoff comment? Who might be better off coming in later in that conversation to kind of turn us in a new direction? So it's, like you said, it's not a full dry run dress rehearsal, but uh, it helps us kind of script the dance a little bit, even though it feels super kind of conversational and go with the flow when we're on the show. There are some structured beats to it. Uh, and that one o'clock meeting really helps us nail down uh, some of those. So we head into the show, at least having a sense of how things are going to go. This, um, this would be for both of you. Uh, and, you know, either of you can take this, whoever wants to. Um, I think it goes without saying I've written about ESPN for a long time. Too long, quite frankly, gentlemen. Um, and so having talked to a lot of producers and a lot of uh, senior management types, and even people who are on air at some of these studio shows, like the reality is all of you guys get daily reports when it comes to viewership um, all the time. Like, you know where you are in a quarter hour viewership. You know what demographics you have. You have access to all of that. So, uh, Lydell, I guess I start with you. Like, how aware are you of the daily viewership of your show? And how much is that an impact just on you creatively and, and sort of everything else that comes with your job? You know, that's a great question. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll separate the two for a second. Um, listen, we are 
super appreciative of of our fan base and 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 the people that tune in and we are to your point hyper vigilant about finding out what matters to them so that way we can give them more of it um you know as you look at you know our last couple of years um I mean, leading into the Super Bowl, you know, our January viewership was the best monthly audience in, in 64 months, you know, mo- more than five years. Um, as you look at the 2021 regular season, uh, we read we registered the best September through December in, in viewership. Um, I say this year we are on par to match a lot of that. What really matters to us, and, and it's a bit of a mantra that we have internally, is we will do anything to earn your hour. We get that there's so many ways that people can get the NFL. You know, they, they can get the, the news, they can get the scores, they can get the research. Uh, there's fantasy interest, there's betting interest. Um, they, it, they, it runs the gamut. People can go anywhere to get their NFL fix. We want to earn that hour. You know, we want to be a group that I would say, you know, gives you smart television, right? We want We want to be exceptional. That's it. Bottom line is, and this is something we communicate to our team, we want to be exceptional, informative, enlightening, entertaining, and all of that's powered by fantastic team chemistry like we spoke about earlier, right? It's one of those things. It's what we believe to be our calling card. It's our chance to really dig in, and we get it. There are debate shows. <laughs> There's you know other news outlets and things like that. People can go anywhere, but if they come to us, we better give them something that is authentically us. Um, and and that that's really how we use those ratings, right? Sometimes it tells us what those things are and, and, it, and it drives us a bit, you know, topically at times. Um, to answer your, the second part of your, conver- your your question is is exactly that, right? You know, sometimes we get that there's an appetite for certain conversation, right? Big news items, breaking news and things of that nature. But um, what we really, really predicate ourselves on is setting ourselves apart. Um, and I know Mark can really dive into some of these things, but we um, love to dig in on things that people just aren't talking about. Things that we feel are the, the, the B side of conversations and dialogue within the NFL that we can shed some light on. Um, we've recently had a couple of success stories with, with certain topics like um, the trend of quarterbacks uh, going under center more or, or staying in shotgun. Um, today, we had a great conversation about the, the return of the running game and, and the trends in the NFL that we are seeing that these coaches and a lot of smart people that are attached to these organizations are really figuring out and they're doing a great job of implementing it. We wanted to shed some light on that. Mark, uh, before, before you follow up on that, I want to just let my – Listeners know some of the data here. Uh, an, an excellent job by your uh, your communications person, Derek Volner, for providing this. So as of week nine, the show is averaging 410,000 viewers per episode. Those numbers are going to fluctuate a little bit depending on the day. Like I happen to check out as I'm taping this with you guys, like the last Friday I looked, you were over 500,000 viewers. So like the numbers are always going to fluctuate a little bit. The numbers will always go up between September and and the Super Bowl, because obviously we're in the middle of the NFL season. Lydell, you mentioned that um, leading into last year's Super Bowl, you guys had the best monthly viewership that you had in 64 months. So that's five plus years. So th- this is obviously a um, success story. You know, in the world that Lydell and Mark live in, 
you know, they're not going for House of Dragon numbers. Like, the show isn't going to get 10 million viewers, like, obviously. But within their universe, they are doing really, really well, given that it's an afternoon daily show that focuses on the NFL. Okay, Mark, within all that, one of the things that I think your network, particular network, I should say, your company particularly likes is when you guys have a segment that, like, for lack of a better word, goes viral. And when people on social media and other places like discuss it, it gets shared, it's uh, it's positively reviewed. I don't think you guys are trying to manipulate where you're trying to create like this so that something goes viral. That said, do you hear from management when something sort of gets out of the NFL live ecosystem and, and sort of grabs itself on like the larger sports conversation? Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, normally it's just like, hey, that was really cool. I saw, you know, people are tweeting about it or retweeting. Um, I've never had them come back in a negative way on any of that. Uh, it's usually just like, that was cool. But I think the the weirder part about those moments uh, is you can have a sense something's going to work and you might think it's going to be really good TV and it ends up falling flat. Mm-hmm. And there are times where you think it's a run-of-the-mill segment and it ends up being the best thing you do all week. Um, so you can't really produce stuff for that. Uh, you're, you're not going to get that moment because you decided today's the day we're going to go get one of those moments. Uh, I think it comes down to more of when you're in it, understanding that like I'm listening, I'm the viewer in this moment. I'm going to let this go a little bit longer, or I'm going to hear something that Dan said and, and help Laura get us from A to B and live on this a little bit. Let's not go to the next sound bite. Let's stay here. Um, so that's where I think Lydell and I can make an impact when that stuff starts to happen is realizing like, okay, we got something here. Let's not, get off of it uh, or let's make sure we do it the right way. Uh, Cause it's real easy to be like, Hey, we got to be on to the next thing. We only got 60 minutes. We got two more commercials to get in. Um, sometimes you have to take that breath and be like, I'm in something really cool, really interesting, really funny. Um, all those things uh, can kind of get you that second, second life of a, of a, a segment or a comment where it goes to Twitter or Instagram. And all of a sudden it does start to build and you see that more people are catching hold of it. Uh, than just the people who caught it at four o'clock on ESPN. So uh, that is a little bit of like the moments for us behind the scenes where it's like, oh, people really, it's easy to be like people watch, right? You see the numbers people are watching, but when all of a sudden, like there's a name to it on Twitter and there's a thousand responses to it, it's it's a little bit more real. So those moments are cool when they happen um, for sure. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lydell, I want to go back to you here. Um Dan Orlovsky not too long ago made it public that he would consider taking an NFL coaching job or, or he's, I, I maybe can you correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's something that's always interested him is probably the best way to like put it in broad strokes. Laura Rutledge, who you mentioned is an incredibly valuable host who has significant sideline responsibilities on big games. The reality is like, this could be a show where you have staffers who leave because, you know, of their own success or their own interests. Um, do you, do you ever, can you allow yourself to think about that? 
Or do you sort of just, you know, as the cliche goes, sort of take it day by day? And if someone on the staff leaves, well, then you you figure it out then. I guess I'm filibustering a little bit here, but, you know, the ultimate success story is when you can create these shows that continue to be great regardless who's who's on the cast. And, you know, we know those sports shows that have lasted, you know, 20, 30 years or so. But how do you how do you sort of approach that Lydell, knowing that, you know, because of your because of the successes of your own cast members, it's not inconceivable that some of these people could end up leaving. I mean, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? There's a reason we call them talent. <laughs> they, they are talented. They are passionate, knowledgeable about what they do. And listen, the two people you named, specifically Dan and Laura, can do anything in this industry that they want. They are both football junkies, right? So there's a reason Laura works, you know, with us five days a week and also does SEC Nation and she does call NFL sideline, you know, games and things like that. And there's a reason, you know, Dan does what he does and he's doing college football on the weekends after doing four days of NFL live with us. Um, They can't turn it off, Richard. And I don't think that we would ever want them to turn it off. Right. Um, I would say this, if if someone outside uh, looks at them and that's appealing to them, we would endorse whatever it is that Dan and Laura want. Like their aspirations are important to us. Um, now to say what the impact would be on NFL Live, I would say this. Um, both of them are, are are pivotal and and integral to what we do, right? It, it would be something that, again, we'd have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how do we get ourselves to deliver on exactly what we mentioned earlier, right? How do we get ourselves to still stick to what we believe our mantra is, which is to earn the audience's hour, which is to to give them smart and educational and entertaining football talk, right? I think if Dan decided he wanted to to coach somewhere, he's smart. He knows this game. He studies this game. And the man's work ethic is untouchable. So he would thrive wherever he went and whatever he did. And again, he, he could say he wanted to go be, you know, a, a, an investment banker next week and i think he can pull that off because of those things that i just listed so we we're not in a position to to i would say um to block the north star so to speak but i also know that their commitment and their chemistry and the energy they put into making this thing work oh there would be some deep dive conversations if someone (laughs) was trying to pull them away um (laughs) mark i want to uh this is sort of a little uh, uh, like sort of specific to, I guess, the tech of your show, which makes it work. You know, you do have staffers um, who appear a lot of times like remotely. Amina Kimes is based in California, right? I, where is Marcus Spears based? I should know this. He's down in Texas. Down in Texas. Okay. So you, um, you know, you have people who are not always in Bristol, who don't always walk into the studio, yet you have figured out a way to make it work where you have some staffers who are on site and then other staffers who are not. Um, how does that come about? Uh, you know, obviously the tech of the show or the tech of like the business is such where like you can do it now and like, you know, it sort of feels seamless, but there's still to me like a real skill, like production wise as to like make that work so that the conversation is seamless. And like the, you know, the person like as a viewer, I'm not, I don't have to wait one, two, three. And then the person speaks, you know what I mean? Like it, it's pretty seamless for you guys. Yeah. So um, you said at the beginning, I, I had launched Get Up a couple years back and I was still on that show when uh, the world shut down in March of 2020. 
And we kind of woke up one morning and we got the mandate that, hey, talent's not traveling anymore. We can't have people in studio. Um, So we kind of learned on the job in those initial months of how what's what stays the same and what doesn't. Uh, And the the two big things I think you come to learn is uh, as a producer, I have to be much more active when the talent is not sitting at a table together. Uh, when they're sitting at a table together, I might tell them again, Dan's going to have the first comment and we're going to go when it's Mina's in LA and Marcus is in Texas and Dan's down in Connecticut. Uh, we have to get in there with Mina. You're going to follow here. Uh, Marcus, you're following Mina. Uh, it, it is a very choreographed situation so that you don't get those moments where there's a delay and Marcus starts to step on Mina or, uh, everybody kind of sits there. Am I next? Are you next? Like when you're sitting at a table, they can look at each other. There's a lot of non-verbals. When Mina's at the desk with Dan and he wants to follow, he'll lean in and kind of let her know I've got something to say. And there, there's a lot more of that non-verbal stuff that happens. So it became, instead of like sitting back and kind of watching the show and listening and trying to figure out what's next, now all of a sudden I'm like the fifth cast member who is sitting there telling them, uh, Marcus, you're going to jump in here. Uh, so that you don't get those moments at, at home. And I think for them, it it changed, right? Like they used to be able to sit there and just listen. Now there's another voice talking to them. So uh, to their credit, they all kind of bought in that it's going to be a little more scripted, a little less conversational than you want it to be because going home, it has to be clean. It's just not fun for anybody to watch. We've all watched shows uh, on every network as this is all coming down where people are talking over each other and or, you're waiting three seconds and it's just, it's not good TV. So uh, we figured that workaround early on. And I'll tell you what the upside of all of this that we've learned is, yeah, they're all together during the season, but in the off season when they're traveling and they're away and you're not going to get everybody five days a week, it's a lot easier to be like, Mina, I need you today. And she can pop on her little zoom camera from home and you get Mina Kimes when you probably wouldn't have her three years ago, because it would mean a flight to New York, to New York or, or Connecticut to, to get them on the show. So there has been a little bit of upside to it uh, that we've taken advantage of when they're not all together. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. A couple more here. Lydell, um... Do you, when you're thinking about NFL Live, um, do you think about the people, or not the people, I'm sorry, do you think about the other content, other shows that are in your specific time slot, whether that's on, a, 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 you know, a, an FS1 or another ESPN channel, uh, or do you sort of approach it where, like, you're just trying to put the best show that you can do and, like, whatever the viewership is, is... Is such. I'm trying to sort of get into the sense of because there's so much stuff going on at four o'clock Eastern, not just in sports, but also on like news channels. And, you know, if I want, I could go watch Andor if I want on my Disney Plus, right? So, like, to me, I feel like you're competing against everybody, but I don't know how you guys look at it. If you look at it as I'm competing against these other sports entities or literally I'm competing against everybody for your attention. Strong product placement. (laughs) yeah right great job there um i I would i would say this it's not um the priority counter programming isn't the priority it's not sort of what what 
what drives us, so to speak, right? It's it's always getting back to that um that baseline of we gotta earn your hour. What's the best TV we can do at four o'clock Monday through Friday that at some point, you know, to your point earlier, it, it may just um pull in more audience members because someone saw it and someone reacted to it on social media. Or or again, I think, you know, one thing about our crew is 42 43 minutes of content is definitely not enough for them right they spend their day talking about football they spend their day watching football so you can look up at any point throughout the day and dan has posted seven to ten clips of film that he's breaking down and, and marcus is having these sort of real-time conversations with um you know fans or, or people that are in social media spaces with him Mina's probably one of the most clever um people that that utilizes that platform as is you know ryan clark Keyshawn, and 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 obviously adam schefter makes his living on that platform in terms of social media but but it's it's something that we try to to cultivate ritual we go listen how can we pull people into what we do right um the fair assumption is that that everybody loves the nfl as much as we do right and if we give them the best of what we have to offer they'll come back um, and yes, there are many things that are that are they're often in different networks, whether in the sports world and the news. And we understand that people have um, interests. But our plan is once we get you, we're going to throw our hooks in you. Hmm. We're going to try to keep you for as long as we can by just being us and just being, you know, authentic on camera. I, I, I mean, to Mark's point early on, we, we, we really couldn't get together and, 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 and have these sort of um team huddles whether over meals or things like that but since we've had some small opportunities and in those opportunities richard you really realize like we might as well be sitting in a, a high school cafeteria at a lunch table right <laughs> you know what i mean we, these are just friends they're just talking ball everybody's voice carries the same weight although one may get louder than the other one may try to be more clever than the other and 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 and, and their punch lines flying left and right but what naturally happens when we turn that red light on with them is they just start to feed off of one another oh. and we hope and we hope that that's a reason enough for people to tune in right like i said we want to be exceptional in what we do and that's to inform educate and really just make people feel good about whatever it is that they are passionate about when it comes to the nfl uh, and obviously a lot of times that's fans and their teams right what do we say about your team what, what are our feelings about your team and feel free to challenge us on it right like there are things that i think uh happen in our world and the people that you see on camera the people that you see behind the camera we do a lot of what we do with a certain level of conviction but even more so with a certain level of of, of accountability and and that's what we sort of pride ourselves on all right, two more things here. And I will mention Ryan Clark was a guest on this podcast in December of 2021. He was excellent, incredibly honest, and uh, was talking about sort of how you build the broadcasting career. And uh, and he is really uh, he's really emerged in the last like seven eight months as a pretty powerful voice. Let me go to you, Mark. Um, the reality of your show is that your viewership numbers. <clears throat> the interest in your show, a daily NFL show, is going down in the spring and summer. There's honestly nothing you can do about that short of like, you know, crazy trades that happen in the NFL or people doing, you know, some crazy shit, just be blunt. Like that's just the reality of the, of the, the league, even though it is a 365 day league, how would you, how, how would you define the challenge of producing interesting content 
on those months when you've passed the draft and it's pre-training camp to try to get people to tune in? Uh, for sure. it's the That's where you earn your money. Um, NFL Monday, week eight, you're going to wake up with what's not in the show. Uh, you know, May 15th, it's the complete opposite. It's a, how are we going to fill the show? Um, so obviously there's less content in terms of what's going on in the moment. Uh, for us, it probably means a little less of having our full regulars on the show, uh, which is another, not necessarily an issue. Sometimes it's a, it's a positive because you can do a story on Monday and if it still has legs on Tuesday, you might have three different talent on Tuesday for us. Like if it's Dan and Marcus on Monday, maybe have Mina and RC on Tuesday. So they're smaller, um, kind of diversified uh, groupings throughout the offseason. So sometimes you can give a, a little story more legs where it can carry you through a week. Um, but honestly, this is where you have a staff that it's, I don't know, what do we like, 12, 15 people uh, at a given time uh, when you look mm-hmm. at our graphics and PAs and directors and we have two or three producers across the offseason where you don't have to do five straight shows or it's all coming out of your brain. Um, you can, you know, hit your staff early in the week. Uh, all right, let's, let's hear the pitches. What are we going to do? Uh, and you'll find offseason series. Uh, Schefter does an offseason series for us every year. Uh, we do draft series leading up to, to the NFL draft. Um, so it, it's really it's where you earn, earn the paycheck, so to speak, because you don't have – the material there. Um, it's also a good job uh, by all of our producing group to, to lean into the talent in those spots, pick their brains. What are the off season things that we didn't get enough into during the season and start having a notebook that, you know, I can go to and start checking things off and I'll do that during the season. Uh, and things that carry over into the off season, I'll just continue to add to it. And that's my, it is a dark day today. What are we going to do? Uh, I might have 10 or 12 things, and I don't think they're all great, but these are things that we can make great uh, with, with a bunch of smart people in a room kind of talking through. Right. And listen, Mark, I think Mark just gave you the, the magnum cum laude response. There. I'll give you the back of the class answer here, which is <laughs> <laughs> all 32 teams are still in it at that point. In May, yeah. everybody has a chance, right? Like, what's the one thing the NFL audience and fans have at that moment? It's probably some hope. Yep. So how can we really lean in on that? How can we lean in on different fan bases? And how can we take that time to really tell some stories that we don't have the bandwidth to do within the season? Because, again, we are beneficiaries of the news cycle and we have to react to. But uh, in that moment, listen, let's have some fun, right? Like, let's let's take a swing at, at, at something that, you know, we, we normally just won't have the chance to take a swing at because we don't have the time, right? We don't have um, the 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 player availability or whatever it is, right? We, we get to lean into the idea that at least from May to August and, and, least, and until the first <laughs> games are played, everybody feels really great. Like they might have a chance, right? There's hope in, in every, in every fan base and all, all these NFL cities. So how can we help to, to, to build towards the start of that season? How can we get this sort of upswell and this, this energy that we really love that we start to feel once we all do those, you know, we do the big training camp special where, you know, almost all 30, 32 teams are in and we'll bounce from one camp to another. And that starts to build this energy. How can we foster that for an entire three month window? That's what we try to do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you not saying, uh, 2037, NFL mock draft. It's nice of you guys not to go down that road. Uh, Richard, one more thing, sure. one more real quick thing there. I, I, the the beats of the season are also funny in that uh, during the season, it's you're talking about the teams that are winning, right? It's 
playoffs and who's playing well and all the, those conversations. And then those teams that you wrote off early become your offseason. That's a great As soon great as the point. Super Bowl's over, yep. those are the teams that are drafting early and they're making the moves. So all of a sudden, I mean, they're good this year, but we talked a lot of Jets and Giants in the offseason who we didn't touch almost at all last year when they both stunk. Um, and those become the storyline. So in that way, it is some of it is fresh. Like they're not teams that you harped on for the last four months. You do get that fresh batch of teams that you haven't touched in a handful of months. And all the college players, and we are – very lucky in Laura's background and Orlovsky calling games, uh, much less, you know, RC and Mina and the study that they do, that we can get into those beyond just what are the needs on the NFL side. We can teach you about the college guys. So while the offseason is long, I would tell you our offseason doesn't really start until May, you know, from the combine to the draft and NFL free agents in March. Uh, the offseason is not quite as long uh, as it might feel to like the average fan. All right, last one for me. Um, I'll give it to Lydell, but you're certainly Mark welcome to uh, to jump in. Lydell, I swear I'm not asking this question to try to get you into an interoffice <laughs> war with any other uh, ESPN staffers. But my, uh, we're, we're built for yeah, it. yeah. My uh, my, th- I've always had this thought. I actually don't remember if I've written it. I may, if I've ever written it, it's only been like a very small item. I don't. I certainly have never written a whole column on it. But it's always been my thought because I think your show is. Uh, it's really uh, like it's captured a pretty f- smart NFL fans um, like base. And so why not have your group on one Sunday do Sunday NFL countdown? It would be great publicity for NFL Live. It would give your group like a chance to do something different. It's not like the NFL countdown group is going to be replaced. And it would turn out to be great publicity for ESPN to push a show that's on in the afternoon and give them some serious prime time on a Sunday. Now, again, I don't want you to get called into Jimmy Pitaro's office here, Lydell, but like, is anything like that even in the realm of possibility? Because I think that would be such a very cool thing for viewers to experience, although I guess I'm not holding my breath for it, but I did want to ask you on a thought exercise what you thought of that. Listen, if you need Jimmy's direct line, I'll give you that. But outside of that, I I guess what I would say is this, like, you know, the one sweet spot for us, Richard, is like, we love getting five cracks at it, right? Like, we love to to live in that moment, to live in that space. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of cachet with the Sunday morning sort of uh, window, right? With the spot leading into the games. And we understand that, you know, listen, that's, that's a heavy lift for the crew that does it. Right. And, and and they do it, you know, really well. And like you said, we're not pitting one group against the other. But but for our group to 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 be in a space like that, again, I think that, you know, you'd get more of the same. You'd get these guys um on ten from the first time that light goes on until we sign off. Right. It, it's just what they do. So I I don't know that it matters when we're on. I think what you're gonna get is just the high level television. Like, I mean, these people are dogged about their preparation. They are passionate about what it is they have to say. And you know what I think we do a lot um, that that makes us uh, a little different. And, and, and I'm not saying different in terms of uh, internally or, or, or what have you, but I'm saying I know what we do and how we prioritize it. We give everyone on our team the autonomy to express themselves. Like, we don't have people coming uh, down from on high, you know, I know you asked earlier, like, do we get some of the praise or whatever? No, but when we do these, these, these sensitive topics and we do these things that really make you lean in and think about 
um, not just football, but people, culture, um, the diversity and equity and, and things that touch some notes that are that are just human interest notes. Right. When we do those things, we pull the best out of our crew and no one ever comes to us and say, why'd you guys talk about that? Why'd you guys talk about this? Or you should have or shouldn't have done that. We don't get that, Richard. That's the beauty of what we do. We we have found such a a trust. And like I said, accountability is important, right? And, and being responsible is important. We found such a, a, a sweet spot there with this crew. We can put them on whenever you want. We Listen, we can go Saturday Night Live window. We can go Sunday NFL Countdown window. You put us wherever you want. You're going to get the best that this crew has to offer. And, and, and listen, I'm sure if someone thought it was a great idea internally here at ESPN, we would be having those conversations. But I think for us um, at the moment, the win is to keep this crew pushing and, and for all of us to continue to pull in the same direction. And so far, it's, it's been mutually beneficial. Mark, is there, by the way, Crystal Plaka probably should send you some uh, bottle of wine for that excellent answer, like that. Very diplomatically done. <laughs> Mark, is there anything else that you want to add before um, before I get you guys out of here? I really, uh, I really enjoy this, and I think the listeners have learned something about just how to how a successful show comes together. Uh, no, I think you guys did great. I think we covered covered most. Of it. All right, Lydell King is the coordinating producer of NFL Live. As I mentioned before, a long, long resume when it comes to. ESPN with a ton of successes to his credit. Same with Mark Eisman, who's a producer of NFL Live, and as he mentioned during this broadcast, uh, part of the launch of Get Up. Not an easy lift to launch any kind of show, particularly a show uh, where a lot of people are uh, paying attention to. Lydell, Mark, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I'm glad it uh, finally has come together. I wish you guys nothing but the best of success heading forward, particularly as you get into your very very busy season and thank you for joining me today on the sports media podcast honored to be in your orbit man you're a legend we appreciate you <laughs> thank you richard all right light down calm down uh thank you guys <laughs> appreciate that all right back in the studio my thanks to light and mark for their insights and conversation i appreciate uh, their time very much if you like these kind of conversations, head to the archives page where there should be some stuff that you like. Previous podcast before this one was Candace Parker, the uh, Hall of Fame of the basketball player who uh, has emerged as an excellent analyst for the NBA on TNT. Prior to that, the world of unscripted documentaries with Deirdre Fenton of uh, Metal Arc Media. Had a conversation with Sean Keeley, the editorial strategy director of Comeback Media on what happens to sports media if Twitter implodes. Author Jeff Perlman on his Bo Jackson book, a World Cup preview with Grant Wall, Adam Amin, and Ed Enberg as well. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for his hard work. Thank you for uh, everyone at Cadence 13 for their support. If you like this podcast, please head to the um, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. I want to wish everybody a uh, happy and healthy American Thanksgiving, and I will see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.